Hey, everyone. We want to take a moment to tell you about the sponsor of this podcast, Roosevelt. You may know Roosevelt as the company who makes those rad, all-over print button-downs with just about every franchise that you love. They, of course, have Star Wars, because this is a Star Wars podcast, but they also have Harry Potter, Disney, Pixar, Marvel, NASA, WWE, The Office, Nickelodeon, Rick and Morty, Friends, all kinds of other stuff, including new lines from Yellowstone and The Godfather. And not just button-downs, but t-shirts. They do shorts, jackets, hoodies, koozies, flannels, so many different kinds of items, so many dope designs. So if you're interested in picking something up for the first time, go to rsvlts.com and use promo code THANKTHEMAKER with no spaces to get 20% off your first purchase. Once again, that's rsvlts.com. Use promo code THANKTHEMAKER to get 20% off of your first purchase. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And welcome to Thank the Maker, a podcast about heroes, princesses, scoundrels, hokey religions, ancient weapons, and all things Star Wars. I'm Adam Russell. I remembered to unmute my mic, and I'm Ryan Key. Nailed it. I never forget to unmute my mic, <laughs> Mike Forrester. Hey, what's up, dudes? We made Mike it with the mic. to 2024, just like I said we would. We're still alive. And we have new Star Wars news. We're over, we're over 200 episodes from this little gig that Adam and I started in my in my dad's office in his house. We really have grown up. When I was visiting, I was visiting, when when was episode one? When did we record it? Uh, I think I was there for Christmas, right? 2020. Well, we recorded in 2019. Yeah, I was there for Christmas 2019 at my yeah. parents' house. And I and I set up my laptop in like a flashlight <laughs> in, in, the, in my dad's office and we recorded the first episode. It only took a year to put it out, you know, and like three re-recordings, yeah. It's crazy. That uh, we're still doing. I, I'm, I'm, I'm very proud of us. Even though I'm the weakest link in the group, I know I'm never here. But you know, I love you guys and Happy New Year. And this is amazing that we're still keeping this dream alive. Love you, bud. We're uh, we're making moves. There's there's some big stuff coming in just a couple months, probably. Yeah, there is. We've <gasps> moved to YouTube. You know, we're like forty episodes into YouTube, I think almost. So we're doing stuff. We got a bunch of ideas. Got a bunch of things on the horizon. Love it. All right, we are limited severely with time. Ryan has offspring. I'm leaving for a tour in like 36 hours. Not the band. <laughs> yeah, Not the band. <laughs> so we're going to talk about some Star Wars news. Some awesome things dropped just yesterday at the time of this recording, so on New Year's Day. And, it, you know, it's on the surface like, eh, okay. But there's some stuff to be inferred, and there's some interesting things um, about streaming numbers and stuff. So we're going to get into all that. And if you have any questions or if you have any insights or anything, hit us with a super chat. Uh, patrons, of course, are in the, the Discord stream chat. So let's get right into it. Did you guys see the, well, there were two things. Once One Netflix dropped because of, uh, it, it's per like Writers Guild, new stuff in the, in the new agreement about paying more for more streams, you know, paying actors and writers more. Sure. 
I don't, I don't know specifics on this. So Netflix dropped like all of their data. And then some other streaming data came out from Whip Media, which is essentially like the, um, you know, the equivalent of Nielsen. You yeah. know, it's kind of like the, the, the streaming era version of that. Um, they use something called the, the TV time tracking app. So this is, you know, it's a, it's a sample of the larger U.S. streaming data. And again, this is U.S. streaming data. The Mandalorian was the number one most watched original series in the U.S. in 2023. That's wild. Yeah. And so uh, validating for what we nerds get together once a week to do here on Thank the Maker. Yeah. <laughs> it really is, man. Yeah, yeah. There's so much content in the world right now. There's so many things to choose from. You know, I've been saying this for years about music. I, I, I don't, I don't even, it's not even a negative thing. It's like more of an existential question of like, how can you be expected as a fan? especially a young fan of music to pay attention to anything for more than three minutes. Yeah. You know, we're dealing in right now in, in pop music with how to write a song because people, they, you know, I, I'm not going to have to deal with this personally. Probably Adam, you're not going to have to, but, but young artists are having to deal with this where A&R guys and labels, people like they're, they're in our men and women, I should say, you know, the old, we, we always say the A&R guy, that's really yeah. dated and I apologize. Uh, but you know, they're telling artists to, put the chorus of the song at the beginning because that's how it's going to get on TikTok and no one's going to pay attention. If there's no words right at the beginning of the song, there's no words there. If there's no words, uh, no one's going to, going to get it. And so I've been saying for a long time, like how is this even possible to overcome? And I don't know that I have an answer for it because it is so oversaturated due to streaming. So the point of this rant for an offshoot storyline born of a character that had 40 seconds of screen time (laughs) to be the number one most streamed program as my grandma (laughs) called her shows on on tv i mean it's all tv now right it doesn't matter if you're actually watching it on a tv we still call it it's on tv right that is wild man and i am so uh proud to be a part of this this fandom and and especially to be a part of this fandom in the way that we are where we celebrate this new content we celebrate these actors and writers and directors who are creating all of this new incredible star wars for ourselves and mike you know our kids yep. uh, like just creating a story that is going to live on for ages and the mandalorian that takes the top spot first on the grid winner at monaco this is it's just crazy <laughs> let's go it's crazy What's interesting, so what's interesting about it, we look at the, so we're, we're looking at the uh, Whip Media put out this graphic that basically is, is, goes all the way up to 20, right? And you look at some of the other shows that are on here, and you've got Loki in second place. You've got Tasso mm-hmm. in third place, which was probably, in terms of like cultural relevance, um, I'm sure there was a lot of people that watched that from overseas. It's a show based in the UK. Um, so there's a lot of, there's probably something that plays a factor in there. Then you have uh, Black Mirror, which is a, a English show that's over on, uh, that's in Netflix. Um, and then you have Secret Invasion. You have The Bear. What else is interesting in the number nine spot is actually Ahsoka. So what's pretty rad about all of this, and I think that's Talk to interesting. me. Tell me about it. I'm so I excited. Think, I think if you're Disney right now, you're going, let the people on the internet be mad about whatever they want to be mad about. But at the end of the day, we have two, we have technically between mm, Secret, mm. In, Secret Invasion, Preach. Loki, Preach. Ahsoka, uh-huh. and The Mandalorian, we have four shows in the top 10 
that people are watching no matter how much the internet feels it's opinionated about quality, whatever. Yep. People are watching the shows, and sometimes that's actually what it's all about, to keep the fandom refreshed and keep the fandom yep. going to produce, produce and consume more content. So I think this is a great thing. This is awesome. I think season three, people can have their opinions about what season three was or how it ended. But personally, if you're Bob Iger right now and you're looking at uh, information, you're going, okay, what, what are our next steps here? I think they pretty much figured they already knew this and that's why Filoni mm-hmm. is where Filoni is. So yes, this is, this is pretty tactical. And I don't know how many episodes back it was that this like really came up and we went kind of in depth and talked about this. Right. The nerds have won. The, yeah. We've won. Yep. We, we, there are more of us. There are. And this is proof. Look at what you look at that. Look at those numbers. Look at those shows mm-hmm. and and the content that they are based on. I mean, it's it's like I don't even I I, I don't know what to say. It, it, <laughs> it's really like the nerds have won, dude. I mean, for the for the top ten shows on on all in all streaming services to have that many shows based on science fiction and superheroes. It's just, it's just proof. It's proof of how, uh, how loved this type of content is and has been for generations. This is a new thing. This is comic book and magic card playing Star Wars fan kids who are grown up and still in love with this content. And that's how these numbers are being posted. And it's amazing. I mean, it's two thirds of the top 10, the Mandalorian, Loki, uh, Black Mirror, Secret Invasion, Ahsoka, and The Witcher. This is all nerd category stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. Granted, the, yep. you know, Black Mirror touches on a lot of other stuff. It's not like hard sci-fi, but it's all, you know, it's, it's got dystopian near future vibes to it. So it's not, you know, mainstream in the, in the way that some other things are. So, it, yeah, it's, it's the vast majority of the top 10. And you go on number 11 is Gen V, the boys spinoff. Yep. We've got Silo in number 15, which is amazing, yep. by the way, on Apple TV+. Plus. Invincible. On Amazon, you know, a cartoon. Some of these others, I, you know, I don't, I don't know them specifically. The Night Agent, I feel like that is. Um, there's some, there's some nerd tones to that, right? I don't know exactly what it's about. I mean, shrink, you know, shrink. You have Shrinking, which I thought was an amazing show. That was an awesome show. That mm. was kind of a lighthearted family comedy. Um, but everything else, I mean, this you have a lot of drama in here too, which I think is interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just kind of like what people are into right now. You've got, um, you know, between Shrinking and Ted Lasso, those are probably at least the most like lighthearted shows yeah. um, that are on here. But I think what people are seeing in this regard is like people want, I mean, the long for long form storytelling um, is certainly here. Uh, you on Netflix, I didn't watch that, but I think that's, is that a continuation? That's like a multiple season Yeah, they're on season three or four or something. Okay, so you have The Witcher, which is on multiple seasons. You have The Bear, which is sitting at the uh, number eight spot, which is on its second season. So, like, it's interesting that you say that, Ryan, about attention spans. Because all mm-hmm. of these shows are multiple. I was just going to say shows. this. This gives this gives me hope, dude. Because yeah. I I'm not sure what shows I would use it as as an example and sound super judgy. Like if you watch this show, because I would sound that way if I said it. But <laughs> this con- this content gives me hope, man. That people are are the majority of people still are seeking meaningful, uh, well made, well written content because even if you sift through this and you're not just looking at you know the sci-fi stuff that we love right you know ted lasso and only murders in the building and the bear being in the top 10 th- those are 
are, you know, uh, groundbreaking, award-winning original shows. And so people are not where, where so often because the internet has this megaphone for, for low quality (laughs) comments and content we feel like that's winning. You know, we feel that, uh, the lowest common denominator is, is, you know, dumbing down art and content, but this is proof that it's not. And it's really inspiring. Right. One thing, uh, to note though, just, just to clarify, if anyone's missing this, this is us only data. So who knows what's going on in the rest of the world, because the Netflix data there, there were some discrepancies, but no one can really see the full data set. This also doesn't include reality TV. (laughs) I don't want to know. But it's, well, it is most watched original series for streamers. So this wouldn't include anything on cable or over the air network shows that are Mm. also streamed. You know, so if if there's like, if there's a cable deal in place. This is going to be like Yellowstone or something like that is not going to be on this list. Exactly, exactly. Right. But still, you know, if the streamers are looking at what they can do, what, you know, what the potential is, they're seeing something like The Mandalorian and going, okay, maybe this doesn't work to put it on, you know, on Meemaw's cable package, but it's going to crush for the kids. <laughs> even that... though, even though Mandalorian... I don't think my Meemaw even had cable. <laughs> <laughs> well, even though like... Rest, Mand- rest her soul. The Mandalorian just also came out with Steelbooks too. So, I mean, they're, they're, yes. they're, they're trying to get the Man- Mandalorian verse out there for sure. And I think it just goes to show that like the, the appetite for Man- Mando and those stories, people either want Grogu, Baby Yoda, or they want our favorite silver helmeted, whatever the gunslinger. Our, well, I mean, we call it the gunslinger. Our stream chat calls it like daddy or whatever they're, they're into right now. <laughs> um, so, uh, <laughs> you know, we got to go with the kids, right? Um, and they're all just as old as us, but uh, yeah. So I think, I think this is really encouraging in my opinion, looking at it, especially with people's opinions of, of course, because we're in a lull right now for new content, which we're getting to in our next point. Um, everyone's sitting here being like, what is Star Wars going to do? Like, what are we going to do? Right. Like, what is Star Wars doing? I'm like, I think they know what they're doing. Yeah, I think they're, they're figuring good. it out. They're good. I think the bigger headline here is Ahsoka at number nine. going to be honest. I yeah. agree. And Mando number one is actually surprising. It is. Sure. Uh, Mando being number one, it surprises me. I wouldn't have expected it. So that is a huge headline. But I think that for all the reasons we've discussed about Ahsoka needing all the backstory and them just jumping right in with all these characters. And I listened to our episode last week. Great pod, by the way, Adam. You're great at it. You're you're really good. Uh, uh, I was listening to that and and we were talking about uh, Ezra and how, you know, Ezra, there's no backstory episode for Ezra. It doesn't go all the way back into how he became, a you know, how he was found and his journey and how he ended up where he was and all. Like, we talked about how uh, what a bold choice that was for them to make this show and make it in the style and and in the style and with the commitment that they made it. And so I think having that show in the top ten of all streamers is a big deal, especially considering you think about Mando season three. You assume some not so insignificant percentage of the viewers went back and rewatched after they got all hyped on season three, but Ahsoka only had the one season. So that's that says a lot. Right and there. the metric has to go across the entire season to place that high. It's not like just the first episode when right, everyone right. was all hyped. And then we're like, I don't know these characters. I'm not going to watch it anymore. Yeah. It was it was uh, it, it, the quality of that first episode was so high that it kept people engaged and they want to find to our to answer our question. Are people going back to find out who these characters are now? Are they interested in rebels? Are they? I think 
and maybe not everyone, but a lot of people are based on this result because mm-hmm. to keep watching the show all the way to the end, who is Thrawn? Who are, what, what is all that? They, people don't know, but they're still watching it uh, uh, in numbers great enough to place it in the top 10. I, I think it's a really big deal. And yeah, right. so promising for what we're going to talk about next. Yeah. Uh, they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. A shout out uh, to the homie Mike Cronin for the super chat. And Mike, 30 Seconds to Mars is the name of a band. It's not a fact. Not yet. You said, can't wait to hear Mosh Eisley. <laughs> can't wait for Mosh Eisley. Happy New Year. Shout out to anyone who got the pop star quote. Hey, everyone. We want to take a moment to tell you about the sponsor of this podcast, Roosevelt. You may know Roosevelt as the company who makes those rad all over print button downs with just about every franchise that you love. They, of course, have Star Wars, because this is a Star Wars podcast, but they also have Harry Potter, Disney, Pixar, Marvel, NASA, WWE, The Office, Nickelodeon, Rick and Morty, Friends, all kinds of other stuff, including new lines from Yellowstone and The Godfather. And not just button-downs, but t-shirts, they do shorts, jackets, hoodies, koozies, flannels, so many different kinds of items, so many dope designs. So if you're interested in picking something up for the first time, go to rsvlts.com and use promo code THANKTHEMAKER with no spaces to get 20% off your first purchase. Once again, that's rsvlts.com. Use promo code THANKTHEMAKER to get 20% off of your first purchase. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so uh, second little news bit. It wasn't huge, but um, upcoming director of uh, the new Ray film, Charmaine Obaichinoy, was on, it was the uh, CNN New Year's Eve thing. They brought, you know, she was on for like a New Year's interview. And they talked briefly about the upcoming Ray film and then talked about um, her work with, um, it's like a Pakistani um, young filmmakers program to like, fund young female filmmakers in Pakistan and mm-hmm. all this great stuff. But so she, she talked very briefly about the Ray film at the top and said, I'm very thrilled about the project because I feel we're about to create something very special. We're in 2024 now, and it's about time we had a woman come forward to shape a story in a galaxy far, far away. You know what this quote made me think? Mm-hmm. As you all know, uh, listeners of the pod and my friends here on the pod, I'm a huge fan of Stephen Knight. Uh, Peaky Blinders could possibly be my favorite boy could be my favorite non star wars content of all time i, I really think it might be dude bold claim. i got bad news that's a bold claim i got bad news for you that i'll tell you why is he out no no is he no. out bad news for maybe our friendship i'll i'll tell you after the show oh you pre- yeah i i wouldn't expect you to to like love it the way i love it though i i don't if that's a, the bad news. No, I, I don't know. It's a weird thing. I'll tell you after. Okay. Well, either way, <laughs> Ominous. Uh, I've, I've been singing the guy's praises from, from the start and you know how excited I am that a, 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 a gritty dramatic uh, writer that his, his stuff is so, so based in realism and uh, you know, just boots on the ground. It just the way his characters are so grounded and so real. Uh, I, I really excited for, for him as you all know, to be a part of this project. Um, 
But I started thinking when I read that quote, when she said, you know, it's about time we had a woman, uh, a female leader, whatever, whatever the quote is, changing the story or mm-hmm. writing the story. Sure. And I thought about um, Helen McCrory's character in Peaky Blinders. She plays Aunt Polly. And she is in the show, uh, she's sort of the matriarch of the family, right? And she, so she's got these these young men under her uh, that are running the family business of crime and betting and murder and heroin and all the cool stuff in the show. Heroin's not cool, but the show is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and but but without without her, uh, spoiler alert, without her, it, it, things really really begin to come apart. She she it, he wrote her in such a beautiful, strong, incredible way, um, but also wrote her as this beautiful woman you know like he, he's just such a good writer man and you, when Polly was sort of on the show like when she was discovering love again you know she's she's uh, in she's I don't know she's 50 something on the show 40 something on the show and she's alone later in life and she's but she's like you get to see that side of her but then you also get to see you know a lot of what we're going to see with Ray I I would assume and think this this emboldened passionate warrior leader female character and i i don't when i read that quote today that's just what i thought about and um you know helen passed before season the final season of peaky blinders it's really tragic but really beautiful send-off they gave her on the show but um uh, it, uh, just a, a tribute to her when i read that quote that it was the first thing that came to my mind was her performance and and the the script that was written for her uh the character that was created for her because what a what a performer and and, and what a job she did on that show but that's all to say that I can't imagine what this dude is going to do with a talent like Daisy Ridley. It's just going to be, as I've said all along, giving her the opportunity to step outside of sort of the more kind of, for lack of a better word, I don't think they mean this in a bad way, but like kind of campy OT uh-huh. dialogue that that lived in the sequel trilogy as well. You know, the kind of like make, snap, you know, shooting jokes off about this or that in serious yeah. situations, letting her, what I think this film is going to be, play the role in a much more serious, much more dramatic uh, way. It's going to be amazing, dude. She's got it in her. Charmaine also has her, her kind of roots in documentary filmmaking. Yeah. So that seems like a really interesting, compelling combination, you know, a writer yep. like that with, with, like you said, the, the, you know, the realism. That's why I think it's such a good fit. Yeah, I think it's going to I think it's been going to be amazing. You know, she's a two-time Oscar winner already. She's under the age of 40, I think, and has already won two Oscars. So, I I thought you were by the way, I just I did think you were cuz you know me, I'm not I'm not scouring the internet to prepare for our podcast. I just show up and wing it. I thought you were about to be like, "You didn't see the news, bro? Oh, He's no. not writing it anymore." <laughs> I was like, "No." No, they got Michael Bay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ray Skywalker, a Michael Bay film. It's gonna be hot. So many lens flares. <laughs> Ray Skywalker's got low-rise jeans and uh, giant hoop earrings. I mean, I will say that that like like a, a solid DL forty four double blaster <laughs> shot from <laughs> yeah. underneath with like a slow flyover of an X wing rotating camera spinning. Or, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm here spinning for that. Around, yeah, sure. I'm here for that. Right, right, right. Bad boys in space. <laughs> um, you know, I think what's interesting about this, the other, the other side of this is of course, like in how, how shitty our news is in terms of what people are relying on is always clicks. It's always like, what can we put in it as a salacious headline so that people mm-hmm. will rage click? And, you know, she said this quote 
that means something to her because like for her, this is actually a tremendously large deal for a feature film in Star Wars, which has never been done. And so, of course, all the comments of all the people who uh, want who feel that they're very their opinion is so important as mm-hmm. they comment in the IGN.com section mm-hmm. um, are like, oh, wow, are we are we just completely forgetting about Deborah Chow and Bryce Dallas Howard? And you're like, at the time it's not taking anything away from them because they still have made some of my favorite episodes of Mandalorian of book of Boba Fett. Like they, they have absolutely crushed uh, that project, but for a feature film, this actually is a historic first time. Um, yeah. You do have uh, Victoria Maroney um, or Mahoney. That was the second unit director uh, on rise of Skywalker. So we do, there, there's all kinds of technicalities that we can, we can call out in regards to, um, female representation and the director side of things in Star Wars, but this is a big deal. But of course, our news cycle is like, well, how can we get, pe- how can we project that? You know, she says a quote that she's obviously excited about for herself um, to get as many rage clicks as we can on, uh, you know, a toxic fanboys on the internet who want to come out and say like, whoa, she doesn't even know this. It's like. Here we go. So I think a lot of this is is uh, frustrating because it's over, um, at least in our side of things. Um, it People are trying to downplay the importance of this, but it's a humongous deal between yeah. how good the writing is going to be, between how excited Daisy is to be back in this character, uh, and how important Ray is to the future of Star Wars. This is fantastic news, and I'm super excited, actually, that it's the first Star Wars project in the next slate to kick off for this year. I'm in. Let's go. And as a reminder, uh, I think we covered this at the time that she said it, but Daisy, number one, when she came up on stage at Celebration, didn't even find out about any of this until like a month and a half before or something. She and Kathleen Kennedy were the only ones who knew that she was coming up that day. And in regards uh, to the script, she said she hadn't, she, she hasn't read a, um, a draft yet, but she's read, I, I guess, the treatment. And she said it isn't all what she, at all what she expected, but it's really cool and it's really, really worth telling, worth exploring. And she thinks people are going to be stoked. So. Saying, and she said it wasn't what she was expected expecting because yeah. I'm I, I I God I want to be right. It's just like that Stephen Knight treatment. It, it's sure. like this really heavy, really intense. She's you know she's used to playing Ray in in the J.J. Abrams Star Wars Star Trek way. And she got this treatment that's on the ground in Birmingham, Peaky Blinder style. And it's like, whoa, we're, this is gritty. This is real. This is gnarly. Right. I, I hope. I hope that's what she means by that. Yeah. And for Daisy to say that is before we get to our next point, like for Daisy to say that is actually pretty exciting because we're all assuming that it's a her starting a new Jedi Academy. Like that's that's mm-hmm. the natural thing of where we would leave things off, right? So for mm-hmm. Daisy to say it's not at all what I expected kind of like and maybe it's not that i I'm, I'm like that i'm peaked let's i'm in let's figure this out so this is exciting uh in a lot of ways and i'm incredibly i'm thrilled that we have more ray uh i think we, we have an idea for a really great episode on that regard uh that i hope that we're able to do but uh i'm excited for more ray give me more ray bust that yellow lightsaber out let's go yeah, dude, and she's such a talent. That's what I'm saying. We yeah, haven't dude. even seen. We, well, I mean, we've seen a lot of talent from her. That's I, again, I don't want to discredit what she's already done, but um, I, I think you can see when she's performing in the tri- in the sequel trilogy how much more um, is in there. Yeah, and I, I'm excited to see it. She's brilliant. You know who else is stoked about Daisy Ridley and getting more Daisy Ridley? Mm. The, like the hype, goosebumps just went everywhere on my whole body. 
Mm. The hype is through this drop ceiling, through the floor, through the roof. I just, here it is. John Williams. Let him know. Let him know. In an interview with the Times, the UK uh, newspaper publication said, I don't care much for grand uh, pronunciamentos. I don't know that word. Pronunciamentos? Yeah. Don't know that word. Uh, it's first time for me. Uh, statements that are firm and finished and surrounded by closed doors. He's not into that. If I made one without putting it in context, then I withdraw it in regards to the idea that he's retiring, right? Or that he's been retired. 91 years old. 91. My favorite musician's 91. He said, if a film came along that I was greatly interested in with a schedule that I could cope with, then I wouldn't want to rule anything out. Everything is possible. All is before us. Only our limitations are holding us back. All is before us, the man said. Or to put it more simply, I like to keep an open mind. So <laughs> he sat around for two years and went, you know, I'm bored. I'm ready to get back to work. And uh, I'm sure Kathleen called and said, John, listen, we have more for you to do. And John was like, but we're connecting the dots here because he's on record talking about how important it was in the sequel trilogy to be the only one who made music for Daisy Ridley and Ray. Yes. He, right. he, he would, he was like, I know it's late in the game for me because I'm 700 years old, <laughs> but I am not going to let anyone else compose music, even based on the theme I wrote for the first one. Yeah. It wasn't like, okay, well, I wrote her theme and it's going to keep getting used. He was like, no, I'm not even going to let anyone reinterpret that theme into new <laughs> motifs yeah. for the new movies because that character means everything to me. And watching Daisy Ridley, who he references specifically about her performance and watching her and meeting her and what an incredible talent she is, right. that inspired him enough to come back for Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. It has to be this movie. So here's the quote. Here's the direct quote in the immediate wake of The Force Awakens. I don't want anyone else to write music for Ray. I would be very jealous because if you've seen The Force Awakens, Daisy Ridley captured, she absolutely commanded the screen mm. with Harrison Ford for two hours. A very gifted girl I became crazy about from the first frame of the film. And then the quote you mentioned about The Last Jedi on the Rise of Skywalker leading up to that, this was him, you know, playing coy, you know, not letting it out because there's been speculation about his retirement for the past 10 years, right? Right. He said... If I can do it, I certainly will. I told Kathleen Kennedy, I'm happy to do it. But the real reason is I didn't want anybody else writing music for Daisy Ridley. <laughs> he didn't say Ray. What I mean, a it's, theme, a fan, it's a fantastic theme. I mean, there and there. Uh, to be honest, like I'm excited for. Uh, I'm excited for. I, I look at what Ludwig did, and I look at what Michael um, Gich. How, how do you pronounce his last name? Giacchino? Giacchino sounds... I don't know. You're the half Italian one. Ryan, how do you pronounce Michael Ganacchio or Giacchino? I don't know. Um, he, I, I pretty <laughs> one much, of those options are correct out of the 15 you guys just rattled off. Yes. Um, <laughs> I I mean, I love all of those. Uh, those We have other composers that are part of the Star Wars universe now. I'm, I'm in for it. But like something about a John Williams score Dude. with that theme, like, yeah. I mean, we are lucky to... We are lucky in so many ways. Protect this man at all costs. Let's put it yes. that way. He's probably already he's probably already scoring it as we're talking about this on this podcast. He has to be. He, he has to be working on some stuff. I hate to keep going back to Peaky Blinders too, but if you've seen the show, Stephen Knight as the creator of the show, the vision for the music on that show was, I mean, 
when when you actually watch it, you're like, oh, it totally makes sense. But but before that, I th- I would say it's a little bit revolutionary because the story is set in post World War One Birmingham, England, and you're listening. But it's to, all Nick Cave and Royal Blood. Yes, you're listening to Nick Nick Cave and <laughs> right. the Black Keys and Royal yeah. Blood and all this like yeah. nasty bluesy trash rock and roll is the soundtrack yeah. to this. Um, yeah. And uh, so I, I can't, eat, I can't overstate the level of my pumpedness <laughs> of, of the way that, uh, you know, Stephen Knight would envision John Williams music and his script. Come on, dude. Oh man. I, it's like, it's one of those things where, Oh, you know, you, you see the lineup and you're like, this, this is going to be the best thing I've ever seen. And it's easy to let the hype get out of control. So I'm really trying not to do that. But man, it's, it's taken every cell in my body fighting back against the urge to be more pumped about this than, than anything I can remember. I like it. Here's what's sick, though. We, you know, we're going to get the Filoni movie eventually. And obviously, Kiner and his kids, his adult kids, are going to score that. I can't imagine anyone else so? doing it. You think so? Uh, no, I like it. I mean, it's, I think that's great. I like it. It's going to, of course, include Mando themes, you know? So it's, it's going to be three composers, three or four composers, um, material done by one team of people. Right. But it's gotta be Kiner, Kevin Kiner and his, his two offspring. I like it. I'm here for it. Yeah. Give me a dark synth wavy Blade Runner Dave Filoni movie. I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that's. (laughs) I think that's where we're going to get. Um, so this is, uh, yeah, this is fantastic news. Uh, and I and I think people, I think this is all just shaping up. It's getting that Star Wars hype train. I mean, all of this, all of this information is coming out and it's hitting our ears and it's hitting our eyes all on purpose, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, it has yeah. to. You know what I mean? It's, it's absolutely part of it. So, uh, yeah. It, Everything that we talked about in this episode was dropped within days of each other to get us to do exactly what we're doing right now and get everyone hyped. Right. And it worked. Right. Right. It worked. Uh, Sith lady on, in the discord chat. Thank you for the Webster, Miriam Webster definition with the phonetic spelling spelling of pronunciamento. Mentos. Yeah, pronunciamento. Okay. Mentos, the fresh maker, um, a proclamation, a pronouncement. There we oh, go. Julie, you're so kind for you to do that. I love dictionaries. I think our last thing, Ryan, uh, let's talk about this real quick. Have you been following with Star Wars Outlaws? Uh, n- not to the level of like knowing the characters' names, but I, when you texted the group today and talked about how it's basically Grand Theft Auto for Star Wars, yes, I have, <laughs> I have read up enough to know that it is this massive open world, finally get me to stop playing Call of Duty because we're all going to get on this, sh- this game and hang out together right. in a cantina somewhere yes. for the rest right. of our lives, and I can't wait. Yep, that's correct. Um, so they, uh, it, it actually moved up its schedule. What's interesting about it is that people were curious. I think um, Ubisoft, who is known most for open world in the regards to open world, is is known most for um, uh, Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you've ever played those games, they're kind of these big sprawling open worlds. You can travel to different parts of the map, and your character is an assassin that goes through time. Blah blah blah. Uh, but they're really they do uh, non playable characters, and they fill these cities with. Um, you know, different people doing different jobs and you kind of have to interact with basically a whole populace as your one controlled character. Uh, so now imagine that 
but with Star Wars and oh, you're a dude. scoundrel <laughs> that's got to run a bunch of jobs. And the trailer is insane. Uh, the trailer shows uh, her trying to escape and a TIE fighters gets blasted and an X-Wing flies by and then a Republic cruiser looks like it's escaping. And then a Star Destroyer comes out of hyperspace and blows the uh, Republic cruiser up. So like already say less as the yeah. kids say. Say yeah. less. I'm in. Um, and it's a female really, lead. So how how mad are yep. all the internet troll boys about that? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So once again, it turns <laughs> out that Star Wars doesn't really care about your shitty opinions. Uh, <laughs> but it's gonna be it's gonna be amazing. And what's really cool about this is that everyone was expecting uh, there was actually a big install at San Diego Comic Con this year where you could sit on the speeder bike and it kind of showed you you were basically supposed to ride through uh, this almost like this this dune. Uh, from wherever the planet is. And I think Mosh, I see, I can't say Moss Isley without saying Mosh Isley anymore. That's it's okay. Ruined. That's okay. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's branding. It's actually yeah. on point. Um, <laughs> but I think you can actually go to Moss Isley. You can go to a bunch of different places that are well known. And then you also, um, I think, uh, Cantonica, which is where Canto Bite is. Oh. Yeah. Back me up on that. I believe you. Um, uh, yes, I think we are actually going to be able to possibly go to Canto Bite. And uh, Kajimi from uh, Rise of Skywalker is in play for this uh, game. So it's uh, everyone's very, everyone's curious about when it was supposed to come out. Some were people, you know, some people are saying end of 2023. And uh, the safe bet would be end of 2024. And then uh, IGN had to do, or Kutaku, whoever the the blog was that posted this great article about it, um, they actually had to redact their information and not say late 2024. They actually said coming in 2024. So May the 4th drop, new video game for Star Wars. Mm. Oh, in, in a kind of content less year, that'd be great. Yeah, I don't know. So anyway, so that's super exciting. Uh, and I think that's going to kick off uh, anytime we can take characters out of video games and put them into lore. I'm in because they've been writing. Uh, it is going to be more like it's going to be like Assassin's Creed based on the, the developer. Not It won't yep. be, as you said, sort of more GTA where we can actually like go into the game and like meet up. Yeah. G give me well, that I, Star Wars game. I mean, I think if I think in some regard, I think there is a massive. I think I, I think there's supposed to be an online part of it. I mean, um, dude, can it you, would be foolish not to have that. You guys, we're never gonna. Whew, uh, we're we're gonna be just. We're, we're gonna have. Sorry, babe. I'm sorry, babe. We're never gonna leave. Yeah, we're gonna have bed sores and acne from the, the <laughs> VR goggles and like. Yeah, we're gonna. Uh, can you, uh, yeah, like imagine, <laughs> imagine just rolling into the cantina and, and seeing each other and just like grabbing a cocktail and you know whether blasters hey, at our up? sky. It's hey, gonna be it's up? gonna be wild. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. gonna be the best. Yeah. Last thing uh, I want to talk about real quick before we go because uh, we got to go. Zach the Maker said in the, the patron chat. He wants to know what we think of the Hello There Productions recreation of the Battle of Heroes Ooh. from Revenge of the Sith yeah. in Clone Wars style animation. Ryan, did you watch it? it? I haven't had time to watch it. I have a newborn. I'm sorry. Okay. Right. This is, I think, a one-person animation production. There, you know, There's a big crew of folks who did like a bunch of audio stuff and some rendering and other stuff like that, and, and voiceover, of course. But... It's a multi-year project that this one dude did to not only recreate the entire final battle between Anakin and Obi-Wan ending with the high ground and so on, but a scene that seems to immediately follow 
you know, seems to be like um, after season five of the Clone Wars. So pre pre seven, anytime in there, Anakin right. and Obi Wan talking about how letting Ahsoka go, basically, and, and Anakin carrying that guilt, you know, letting her quit and not being not being there for her, not trusting her. I, I don't remember the exact dialogue, but it, it's got a little vignette of that, and then it goes into it goes straight to the uh, if you're not with me, then you're my enemy. Only a mm-hmm. Sith deals in absolutes, you know, right. on Mustafar, and it plays out the whole thing, but it also adds a little bit of dialogue in some spots. Yep. And does certain shots differently, does certain combat moves differently, and it's damn amazing. It is incredible looking. Is he is he uh is he getting hired, you think? I mean that's why you that's why you spend years making something like that is to get on the map, right? right? I certainly hope so. Yeah. And he I he do ha- too. I haven't even seen it yet, but I, I based on your reaction, I, I know that it's good. It's <laughs> so. awesome. It's awesome. All right, I'll watch it. And the, the lightsaber stuff is a little more, um, it's a little, I, I guess it's more like season seven style. It's got the big tracer kind of bends to it. Like, and I'm thinking the, right. um, I'm, I'm thinking Ahsoka versus Maul. Like, you know, it was very, it's actually closest to that because I think, I think there was some motion capture. I didn't watch the behind the scenes stuff, but this dude put in, you know, he and Hours. his team. Uh, Years, months, months, yeah, years. It's awesome. So go check that out before uh, Lucasfilm probably comes and uh, takes it themselves. Hello there, Productions is the uh, the name of the YouTube channel. Check it out. We'll, we'll uh, maybe show throw in the show notes. All right, dudes. Um, I got to get out of here. We got to get out of here. Patrons, thanks for being with us. Thanks for uh, the Mentos gift, the Blue Guy eight hundred eight in there. Um, the spot where this pauses, if you don't have this window selected, is uh, it's a Photoshop opportunity. Mm. everyone's mm-hmm. seen it it is good times again like and subscribe rate and review do all the things hit the subscribe button if you're listening and you're not a big youtube person still please do us that favor because things are in progress and we need uh we need the youtube stuff to build to make that happen happen press uh present tense uh go see story of the year on tour oh yeah so it's on friday in detroit uh adam i'm reminding you you are in a band you guys have to make money by people coming to attend your shows so yes maybe i'll see you in detroit on friday that could be fun i would love that uh and then also also uh mosh isley is happening uh actually it's if we're like basically a month away at this point right we are one month away from four and a half weeks mosh isley weekend so Ryan, how are you feeling? Are you going to be able to attend knowing I'm coming. You know? I, I I have dude, I have a new fit that it's gonna you're you, Mike Forrester, are gonna be very pumped on. I'm I'm yeah. there. I'm there. Nice. How many how many lightsabers are you gonna bring? Probably two, because I always end up dropping one and breaking it and having to mail it to Jason to fix for me. So <laughs> right, I'll right, bring a backup. Right. Okay. I'll bring a backup. Yeah. So let's bring let's bring four just in case. He currently has the one I brought to Mosh nice. Isley, New York, and he's fixing oh, yeah, it. Yeah. So Sure. Okay. Okay. Good. You little jerk. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Good. All right. Moshisley.com. The merch bundles, those are ending Friday the Friday, yep. 6th. Uh, com for those. And there's some merch there that will not be available at the actual event. So get the pre-sale bundle. You pick them up at the event. So it's simple. There's, you don't have to worry about shipping. And it, it, it's good stuff. com. Everybody, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening, dudes. Thanks for being here. I love you guys. Good luck on tour. I love you. Thanks, bud. And until next time, may the force be with you. If you enjoy Thank the Maker, you can support us by following and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. 
Or you can support us directly at patreon.com slash thankthemakerpod, where you can get access to our Discord server, exclusive content, exclusive merch, our recording live stream, and more. Our patrons quite literally make Thank the Maker possible. <laughs>